Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Thanks for joining me again. And today I'm gonna to talk about burnout and self-care. You know, we wanna live uh, where we can run the race in the long term. And to do that, we're gonna to have to recognize some of the things that we're experiencing emotionally and physically and spiritually and relationally and tend to those things. That's just good self-care. So self-care and self-interest are quite different. Self-care is about loving ourself because God loves us and has created us and given us wonderful assignments. And so we wanna be responsible adults and uh, you know, express ourselves well in obedience to the Lord by taking care of our bodies and our minds and so on. Self-interest is different. Self-interest says, I'm focused on me all the time. And it's kind of a grasping to get what I believe somehow I won't get unless I grasp, which means I'm not really resting in the goodness of the Lord. Shauna Nequist in her book, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet, wrote, sometimes people equate self-compassion and self-care with being selfish or overly self-focused and believe it's somehow in opposition to faith but God's fundamental orientation toward us is love. He made us with love. He watches over us with love. Self-compassion is following God's example, tending to ourself with the same kindness he shows us, even when we failed, especially when we failed. Another way to look at it, self-compassion and self-care are acts of obedience, stewarding, stewarding well what God has given us and loving what he loves. So we're created for his love and goodness and that's really the foundation of why we collaborate with the Lord in our self-care and we have to take that seriously and tend to it. Sometimes we ignore the creeping signs of burnout, depression, anxiety, fatigue, even cynicism, isolation, irrational anger, all kind of physical issues, addictions, and the effects can be very cumulative. And then we lived in this exhausted, drained, empty sort of place. That is not what the Lord has for us. He's, he's called us to freedom and he's called us to yoke with him. Doesn't mean that we won't be tired at times, but there should just be times when we're tired, not a, a consistent exhaustion and burnout. And none of us is impervious to fatigue and burnout. And so we need to recognize good self-care. So I just wanna illustrate it with a, a story, a true story. Um, about three or four days ago, I interviewed a man here in my area named Joe Croce. Joe started CeCe's Pizza in 1985 with a partner. And it was wildly successful, primarily because he worked all the time for 18 years and then he sold the company. Uh, I asked him, Joe, do you, did you ever experience burnout? And he unequivocally said, oh yes, I, I was so imbalanced. And he said his engine was always running. It was always go, 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 like he was in the fourth quarter and had to win that game. And he said something interesting, that he never could pause and emotionally celebrate the successes that were happening. He would just go right over and just keep pushing. 
The other thing, he said he felt so responsible for the people who worked for him, who worked under him, and he would go from store to store, and, and if there was an issue, he got very involved, whether it was financial or emotional, something with their family, he just took it all on. And he said he didn't realize what a burden he really was under until he sold the company and had time for himself. And he said, you know, I realized it's all about balance, work, play, rest. So then I dug a little deeper and I said, well, tell me about your family of origin. And he said, well, I was the oldest of six children. However, his mother died when he was eight years old. And a relative said to him, now when your dad's not home, you're the man of the house and you're responsible for your younger siblings. That sort of message goes deep, deep, deep and takes up residence in us. And he said, I always felt like I had to work so hard and then CeCe's became my family. And so now I have all these people to take care of in this family. The death of his mother, he said, also sent, you know, set into him a fear of loss. So if I have good things, I might lose them. And he built this good business, but he had to work extra hard not to lose it. And this really add, uh, illustrates burnout and lack of adequate self-care. Why don't we take care of ourselves better? Well, we have some misbeliefs around it. One is we can believe that our worth is measured by what we do. So we have to keep doing and doing to be worthy and acceptable and loved and known. And um, we don't know our incredible value and worth has already been given to us by the Lord. So taking care of ourselves becomes very low on our list of priority and we get what's called compassion fatigue. Uh, we spend a lot of time emptying ourselves out for others without being filled ourselves. And that is not the Lord's way. We can also misbelieve that we are responsible for others, too responsible for others. And again, this usually comes either from our family of origin experiences or maybe from some church teachings where giving to others is overemphasized and what's underemphasized is love others as yourself. So when we look at the, the life of Jesus, we see him do this. He took time, he pulled aside, he rested. He walked, he, he talked, he didn't continually make himself available to everyone who might be pulling on him. And if we're in that sort of pattern, then we're in a disordered kind of love, maybe even control and pride. Um, meeting the expectations of others is never gonna be possible all the time. And it can be an escape when we try to do that. It can be an escape from us dealing sort of with the junk that it's our, that's in our own trunk, if you will. And then sometimes we get resentful because we're giving and giving and not receiving, but we don't realize, well, you know, I'm, I'm part of that common denominator. So we become pathologically selfless. It's addictive because it feels good to help others and to, um, you know, be giving but it's out of balance and eventually it's going to catch up with us, with our mind and with our body. And that is not a good pattern to be in. And our body starts showing the effects as do our emotions. So 
another misbelief is uh, I can't say no. I sort of have to say yes to everything. That's a pattern we get into. But Jesus said, let your yes be a definite yes. If you're going to say yes, put something behind it, right? And let your no be a real no. I used to have a hard time saying no to people. Uh, sometimes, you know, we just feel that inner discomfort, even a sense of guilt or shame or, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this. So sometimes we're afraid people won't love us and accept us. You know, if, if we don't say the yes that they want us to say, and then we just keep pleasing people. And um, it takes a real humility to break away from that. You know, I learned sometimes just to practice saying no, just to learn to say no. And that's a, that's a good thing. Another thing we can have is deep fear. The fear of loss or the fear of there won't be enough for me. Uh, we, we live like paupers when we have this vast inheritance in the Lord to draw from. You're probably familiar with Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. But we often have a, 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 a deep fear. There won't be enough for me. Somehow I have to keep pushing and keep driving. It's like Joe's fear of loss after the death of his mother. And we don't believe our own needs are going to be met anyway, which is absolutely contrary to the Word of God and to all His promises. So is there going to be enough money for me, enough time for me, enough love for me? But God has said that He will care for us. And it's a real recipe for disasters to our bodies and our souls if we don't learn to rest and be nurtured. Um, another thing is sometimes we don't know how to take care of ourselves. We just maybe never learn. Maybe because we weren't tended to as children, we didn't learn or too much was expected of us. So we don't have good sleep hygiene. We don't um, maybe eat well with, with good nutrition and exercise. And uh, maybe we've just sort of never been given permission to care for ourselves. And many years of unwholesome eating and sleeping and things like that are gonna catch up with us. Um, sometimes we haven't had an adequate support system. People around us who can mentor or coach us are just friends who can support us and who really know us and care about us. It's a wonderful thing if you have a friend that can be honest and say, you know, I think you're taking on too much. I see real signs of a fatigue or burnout, would you consider pulling back? What's going on with you? Someone who really cares. So we need the right people around us to help keep us in balance. And when we can make positive changes before we burn out, so much the better. It's hard to come back from burnout. It's much better to catch it early on. And God has a great future for us and we need to care for ourselves so that we can step into that future and look good and feel good and, and be joyful about it, be sane about it, and stop the sometimes insane pace of our lives. Carrie Newhoff wrote, the cure for an unsustainable pace is not a vacation or a sabbatical. The cure is to create a sustainable pace. Now we often need a vacation or sabbatic 
but in the long term, we need a sustainable pace. So what do you need to change? What do you say need to say no to? What do you say need to say yes to? And differentiate, you know, what are you really responsible for? Sometimes we just have to learn a whole new respect for ourselves. So what are some of the things that we can do? And again, we may need the help of others to break out of some of our patterns. We may get in a pattern of isolation. We may get in a pattern of personal obligation and too much self-sacrifice. We may sort of abuse ourselves through our poor diet or not enough rest and recreation. And so we have to decide what we're gonna invest in. Four things that help when we start simplifying, and we can do that, we can say no to things. When we ask for help, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, when we take time to rest and recoup with the things that minister to us, and when we switch our routines and say no. So begin small, get help, make commitments, uh, nurture yourself with things that you like to do. And um, you know, that might be taking up a painting class. It might be taking a walk in the park. We also need to learn to set boundaries and not let people mistreat us and, and stop being so brutal to ourselves sometimes in our own self-assessment. So uh, trying something new, like I've taken a, a painting class, I recently took a few lessons in pickleball that everyone seems so uh, enthralled with. I got tired of my exercise routine lifting weights, so I switched to Pilates for a while. But engage in something, even if it's just walking every day. Do something, these are still suggestions, do something you're not an expert at and someone else has to be in control of. <laughs> Practice saying no. Take your Sabbath. If you don't take it, no one's going to give it to you. And there's so many free things we can do. The park, the library, meeting with friends, walking, um, uh, walking around with friends talking, fixing a meal together. Just start with small adjustments. That helps so much. And then we can do physical things. Roll our shoulders back, take deep breaths, take little three to five minute breaks when we're working. And then I think the most important thing is to have a daily retreat. Some people call it a quiet time where we spend time with the Lord, reading the word, praying and journaling. So I hope some of these suggestions have helped you and I encourage you to really put your heart in mind in considering this. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again.